This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to Freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's Freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to Freedom350.com. program. It's uh, Pat and Stu today. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Uh, Pat is uh, going to his big speech in uh, Utah this weekend. Uh, you go to the Eagle Forum. What is it? Utah Eagle Forum? Search for the Utah Eagle Forum. You'll find it and find the information on uh, Pat's speech going on about education. Uh, why aren't you chiming in? I don't... I'm sorry, what? Well, you're, you were all... Why aren't you chiming in on the... Pat Gray is going to be in Utah. Big okay. deal. Right. You seem like you were no, troubled by something I said. That's, that's all. No, I thought I misheard you at the open, I think, so I just... You thought? I thought you said something other than Pat and Stu. Okay. That's, uh, that's all. No, it's that's Pat all. and Stu. Okay. Pat and Stu program. Uh, it's same, same title every day. <laughs> that's what I thought. Except for today, Pat and Stu. <laughs> all right, so uh, the Keystone uh, XL pipeline is uh, one of the big topics uh, out there right now. Uh, this weekend, you will be very excited to know that the season premiere of The Wonderful World of Stu occurs. Jeffy. <laughs> oh, my fan. gosh. I mean, when I mean huge fan, just a large person who happens to be I didn't even realize fan. it was off. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people feel the same way. Uh, it, it's actually been on uh, all week in uh, primetime. I think it's 7 o'clock uh, on, sh- on the network. I missed they've, it. I haven't missed an episode. They've been running uh, some good episodes back, I which know, has been nice. I know. Last night was great. You didn't watch it? It was one of the episodes where I was in drag. <laughs> you really can't narrow that down I by know, saying no, you I were can't. in drag on the show. <laughs> I can't. It's happened many times. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, but this weekend, one of the things we're going to be talking about is the Keystone Pipeline and the idea that it's this terrible thing for the environment. Is it actually a terrible thing for the environment? Even if you believe uh, every little piece of the global warming uh, shtick, you know, is it is it bad? No, or I, is it ruin, I don't want to ruin the show, but I mean, you obviously found out that it is bad. It's horrible. I did it's not. leaking. No, I did not find anything. It's, People... not, it's not even built. It can't be leaking. <laughs> the, the, pipes were, the debate is about whether it should be built. Therefore, the leaking would be problematic. If it was, it was happening before there was okay. a pipeline. Whatever. Really bad. Whatever. Uh, so uh, that is uh, is one of the big things. Politico is uh, now has an article out about how Obama is going to be playing offense. He doesn't want to play defense. Oh my gosh. Uh, he made it clear Thursday at a closed closed door session with Senate Democrats. He is prepared to veto hostile legis- legislation from the GOP controlled Congress, including uh, an Iran sanctions package. Uh, and, and, and multiple other things. So despite his lame duck uh, status, the president promised that he would not sit on the sidelines the next two years. Now, I, in, of course he's going to veto these things. I mean, I, I'll remember you know, President Bush vetoed, I think, no bills until 2006. And then all of a sudden he started vetoing everything. This is what happens when the opposition gets control. Right. You're going to use your veto pen. Plus, with 
this president. Mm -hmm. um, this is what he's been doing all along, and now he doesn't, I mean, he has to go full court press now, mm -hmm. because he's no one to if someone calls his bluff, which I hope they do, I want cramps in his wrist from signing those vetoes, mm -hmm. put it on him. Don't take, you know, don't run scared because he said, I'm going to play offense now. I'm on offense. Yeah. Okay. Well, a veto is, you know, an act, it's a defensive act, right? I mean, someone's doing something you're trying to stop. Right. And make him do that. Make him, make him hurt in his hand, as Jeffy said, from signing so oh. many freaking vetoes. Make him look like the guy yes. who's stopping all the progress. Now, of course, the media will assist him in every way possible to try to make it look like he is not the bad guy in this situation. But that's always going to be the case. It's never going to change. So you might as well go out there and do the right thing. And then you can come back to the American people and say, look, we tried to do all these things. He wouldn't. Uh, he kept vetoing them. Um, you, you need a president uh, that is going to allow these, uh, you know, good positive developments for the country. And his media buddies are, oh, my gosh. I was just trying to think of what the, how they would spin that. Uh, why don't they give the president a decent bill to sign right. instead of a bill that is no good? Right. He already said he was going to veto it. Why doesn't he just do it on his own? You're, you're right. He will at least try the last one. Um, but you're right. That's what they'll say. They'll say, well, they, they're putting bills up there. They know he's going to veto. Well, that's what you do when you're an opposition party. You come in and you put your ideas on the, uh, on the forefront and then let him let him yeah. say no to them. Yeah. Let him be the president of no for a while. Uh, you know, in the past, he's had a shield, which was his, his Congress. I mean, he was able to have people. I can't get anything done. Oh, yeah, can't get anything done. You know, like I, they, they didn't even send me that bill. What could I do? Now he, has, he will lose that excuse if uh, the Republicans can get their act together. Right. Which is a big, by, by the way, huge thing. I mean, they're talking about, they think, 63 votes they have on the Keystone Pipeline. 63. That's include, obviously, what, wow. nine Democrats there? Um, and the situation is you need 67 to override a veto. So he's going to come in, he's going to veto it, and then, uh, you know, that's going to take the pressure off of the uh, middle-of-the-road Democrats because they will say, look, we voted for it to their constituents right. so they can try to get reelected. I mean, you know it's that. all a game. It really is just a game. Yeah, well, that game is people's lives, too. <laughs> Wow, a lot of people's livelihood, yeah, people's powerful. lives, families. It's powerful, Jeffy. Stop you wonder why Jeffy never got elected. Games. You never got elected to anything, did you, Jeffy? Uh, president's uh, remarks, uh, he's saying, uh, I'm not going to spend the next two years on defense. I'm going to play offense. Uh, it was during the uh, Democrats' retreat at the Hilton near Camden Yards. That's tough. Uh, they were warmly received. The energetic atmosphere was a sharp departure from the tension felt between Senate Democrats and the White House in the aftermath of the uh, big victory for the GOP. At the meeting, Obama, who has rarely used his veto pen in six years in office, signaled he would henceforth use it repeatedly. Good. Including on GOP-sponsored legislation to build that Keystone XL pipeline. Now, the Republicans are also going and trying to move on immigration, supposedly. Mm -hmm. uh, they acknowledge on Thursday it would be difficult uh, for the Senate to pass a House bill blocking Obama's immigration initiatives. And, you know, when you say initiatives, it makes it feel so, I don't know, constitutional. Yes. It's not an initiative. <laughs> He's just doing whatever the hell he wants. That is not an initiative. No, that is, because initiatives like... 
oh, we have a healthy eating initiative here at work. We've, we've stocked all the, all the break rooms with apples and oranges. He's just saying, yeah, uh, you know those immigration laws that I can't get you to pass? They're now law. Oh, we're just going to do it. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, we're just it's, doing it. What we're going to do is we're going to just not all those other laws. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We're not going to enforce it. And we're going to, you know what? Oh, we're going to reprimand and beat the crap out of anybody that does enforce them. Yeah. And, and the way they're doing this is sort of like um, instead of saying we have a new law that says that illegal immigrants can come here and get all the benefits of being citizens. That's too hard to pass. So what they say is, you know those laws that say the opposite of that? The laws like <laughs> illegal immigrants can't come here and get all the benefits of, of citizens? What we're going to do is not enforce those laws because we just don't have the resources to do we it. The we so we're just not going to enforce them. Um, you know, this is, you know, going back to prohibition times is how they, a lot of people, uh, officials who really liked their alcohol, would get around um, we the prohibition. Well, look, we don't have the resources. We don't have the money to do this right. And we're not going to be able to do it, unfortunately. That's it's very great. sad. Uh, and at least, you know, they had an actual argument here. We do have the resources to, uh, to control our borders. We do. I mean, we, we spend a lot of money on things we don't need. Uh, we could use some of that money to defend our borders and, and make, you know, make our border patrolmen's lives a little bit better. Uh, maybe keep a few more of them alive. I'm sure our media isn't reporting on it, but how bad is it when we see Saudi Arabia building a fence? A 600-mile fence to stop ISIS. So that's actually Saudi Arabia building a fence that we couldn't build because of ISIS taking control because we couldn't do the job right there either. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Uh, it's kind of amazing. Um, we need to have a summit. We need to have a summit and just find out exactly what's causing this. <laughs> what, causing what? Uh, t uh, people reacting badly from bad religious stuff. Oh, an extremist summit, you mean? No, no, not the extremists. What if, what if it's an extremist summit, but we just, we, we can, you know who's a real extremist are these, uh, these, um, uh, these My Little Pony fans. What are they called? Bronies? Bronies. Yeah. Those are, that's an extremist group. We can talk about them what and Islamic what, extremists in the same you conference. just kind of like them a little, though? I mean, because, you know, my well, daughter has a bunch of them, and I kind of like them, and they're kind of cute, and they're nice. It's sort of a separate conversation, I suppose. Uh, 37%. It is? Uh, of Americans approve of the uh, job Barack Obama is doing. 37% um, from the Washington Examiner. This is, um, I guess, a Reuters poll. Uh, interesting thing that's not being reported about this poll is it's uh, 36 points too high. Uh, should be 1%, just because of the margin of error. You know, it probably should be lower uh, than that. Gallup, however, says 46% approval. So really, these polls are all over the board. And, and look, you can go through 100 polls. What you find, basically, is that President Obama has an approval rating in the low 40s and has had an approval rating in the low 40s for multiple years. Yeah. I mean, he is a president that the vast majority of this country recognizes has failed. He's failed us. He's failed himself. He's failed our party. He's, our party, his party, the country, everybody. He's a gigantic Failure. Yes, the I mean, globally is, is he's just shot it to hell. Yeah, Mr. I mean, Uniter. I, my, my favorite thing is like, oh, well, when are the Democrats going to get or credit for this economy? First of all, economy's not all that wonderful, to no, be honest about no, it. No, it is not. Um, however, of course, it's rebounded from the worst it, time it was at. You know, yes, it has 
rebounded to some degree. However, it's rebounded at a slower rate than any other recovery since World War II. When did they get credit? Never! That's when they get credit. When I don't know when they are uh, responsible for something other than slowing the recovery down, they can get some credit. How about that? I mean, when they, when they aren't responsible for $7 trillion of additional debt. How about them apples? They're like, well, a lot of that debt was programs that preceded him. Yes, by people like LBJ, who are also in your freaking party. Okay? It's, it's infuriating because of the fact that, you know, the, 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 the media has done every possible thing they can for six years to give him credit for this wonderful economy. In fact, when it was bad, they did everything they could to give Bush credit for the economy. Yeah. Now that it's a little better... And by the way, one of the big reasons it's better uh, is because of the policies put in during the Bush administration that helped us uh, get uh, use our natural resources more widely right. and lower oil prices. And obviously, that's going to have a boost on the economy. On private land. Yeah, on private on land. Private yeah, land. Private land. <laughs> They've been restricted on, uh, on public land by this president. Uh, so again, I... I you know, they never is the answer to your question. If you're wondering when the Democrats should get credit for the economy, the answer to that is never. Because this is not, there's no credit to be given here. Our system, and every system, um, you know, around the world, the economy grows if you don't screw it up. The only way you can get it to, like, the natural state of things is that it grows. And every once in a while, you have fallbacks, like we had recessions and uh, the Great Recession. You have those moments where something gets out of whack and you have a little bit of a blow up. But then after that, the natural way things go is to recover. Especially when you just, uh, you know, when you just print some money yeah. Well, and yeah. uh, just put it back out there yeah. and then don't worry about of it. Of course. Well, this is the thing. All of those other recoveries, we didn't do that. All of them. What? You look at all of them. We didn't go out there. We didn't do all these crazy things. And we recovered much more quickly. Now, some of them weren't quite as deep. Some of them were right. as deep. And, they, you know, Reagan's uh, situation he faced coming into office was pretty much just as bad. If, it's very close. It, it was worse by some measures and better by others. I'm trying to think who he replaced. Probably Ronald another Reagan. Republican, right? Ronald I Reagan. Had to be. Had to be. Probably. Had to be. Yeah. So. Probably one of the Bush family. Yeah. Right. Well, I, actually, I wouldn't be oh, surprised at this point. <laughs> How many bushes do we need as president, really? Isn't two enough? Come on. Is two enough? Yeah. You know, really, do we need a third? Do we need a Jeb? And I will say this, too. Uh, the Mitt Romney thing, getting a lot of pushback. People not happy about it. Really? Yeah, I mean, even I'm in establishment only, I saw, I saw circles. one article that uh, was, you know, up up against it, but the rest of them are Well, he, he, his numbers, his polling numbers are not bad because he's the best known of the candidates and, and, and things yeah, like right that. Yeah, right now he is, that's for sure. And, but even the establishment, who you'd think would like Mitt Romney, because he's obviously not super conservative. He is um, a guy who's helped the establishment like crazy the past two years since he lost that the That might be why they're, why they're mad at him, though, because he actually, right, I mean, he's helped them for the past two years, and by helping them, he was also saying, I'm not running. He was. And so that was part of the helping them is yeah. to boost these other guys. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know what I'm talking about. I know I ran. I, I'm not, you know, I lost. But look, I know you all said I'd be doing, I would be better right now. Well, where were you four years ago? But right now, let's get these people in. Right. And so, I mean, he was, now he's saying, well, you know, those guys are okay, but I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like that's the direction he's going, which is uh, somewhat embarrassing, yeah. uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But I, I think he... He has a good chance. He's the prohibitive favorite if he gets in. He, he's a guy, he can raise money. He's got a very loyal network of donors, and those people are obviously happy about it. I just don't know. I, I don't know if there's this 
overwhelming passion for Mitt Romney, nor is there for Jeb Bush, by the way. But somebody from the establishment has to win. Uh, Somebody somebody has to be, well, first of all, probably. But second of all, at least it's got to come down to two people at some point. And usually it comes down to an establishment guy and somebody who's a little bit more conservative. And in most cases, the establishment person wins, Wins. which is why we've had such a disastrous uh, run. I mean, you know, I mean, it's why we've moved so far um, to the left. Uh, I mean, the government grows whether we have a Republican president or a Democratic president. Now, I will say back in uh, 2000, uh, you came even though George W. Bush uh, did not necessarily do the greatest job in the world at times. Uh, he was the more conservative candidate between him and John McCain. There's no doubt about that. Oh, so no. there are. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. But he, again, was still pretty establishment. We haven't seen a guy like Ted Cruz get far or even Rand Paul get far into one of these competitions yet. Um, you know, Santorum finished second, but was never a real threat to win. It didn't no. seem like uh, Huckabee no, is, uh, you know, not my favorite before that. Right, so. Uh, it's going to be, I will say, the next year of primaries is go, are going to be interesting. How does Huckabee, how does that guy step across the line to be, Mr. I'm going to run for president and have a crowd behind him? I don't know that he has a huge amount of support, but he, you know, look, he, he appeals uh, overtly to religious people. And, of course, religious people who have, are used to getting stomped on by every politician well, that's true. certainly like that. I'll give you that. Uh, and, you know, he's a good communicator. I mean, Huckabee, you know, look, I, I don't like his shtick per se, but he, it's, yeah. you know, he's a good communicator. That's what the guy does. So he gets some support. All right, 888 beck is our phone number. If you want to get in line and talk to us today on the Patents Show. By the way, today coming up, we have a, uh, we're going to be eating. Get out of here. Real, real shocker on this what? particular program. On a Friday? Yeah, Sarah Penrod from uh, Food Network is going to be in here uh, making us, I guess, uh, tasty, uh, spicy foods. And I'm a little bit of a wuss when it comes to spicy food. Yeah, so, just uh, take a bite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. Just take a uh, bite. It should be good. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking. We've got some. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. All right, triple eight seven twenty seven B E C K is the phone number. Uh, so uh, I don't know. The White House is now saying the net neutrality uh, laws that they wanted to get passed aren't needed because, he, as we I don't know just talked about when he doesn't have the support for the things he wants to do, he just does them. Right. Uh, he is saying that he is not necessary to settle uh, so-called net neutrality rules because, uh, you know, the Federal Communications Commission already has the authority to write them by themselves. Republicans in Congress are trying to drum up support for a bill that would counter the FCC's upcoming new rules. So so they want to put new rules on the Internet. And the only way to stop that is that you you don't have to require them to actually come up and support uh, net neutrality. Instead, you have to come up with a bill that stops them from doing it. This is and then get past a veto from the president. It's, right. You know, it's absurd. This is why people hate politics. I mean, net neutrality, and look, we've talked about this many times. Net neutrality is something that is supported by some conservatives. It's not exclusively a liberal issue, and some liberals oppose it, by the way, as well. Um, but Those are the ones that haven't gotten any cable money? I suppose that's probably Support. the uh, group, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like you're talking about a system that's working insanely well. The Internet uh, developed... Long before the government uh, worked on it, by the way, invented back then. Uh, and then you, you put this thing into motion. It's been an unfettered success. 
you you have uh, no essentially no regulation on it. I mean, yes, are there regulations about child porn and selling drugs, and there are things uh, um, that are you know eliminated, and there's some regulation, very loose. It's kind of like our vision of government, where you have yeah. the very very extreme things. There's some controls on the very edges, but for the most part, people get to do what they want. They start their businesses in seconds without new regulations. That you could, I mean, I know. you know, you can you can open up a new website that sells things within a half an hour of right now if you wanted to. But it needs to be. I mean, it's not fast enough. That's you can't simple. open up. I mean, I if I went right now and went to the page to open up a new business. Look, look, see, that's how long it took. It's already open. I mean, I, the the search page already opened. I, I don't know about the new business page. We can uh, new business page. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. If we, it might not make it to the end of the show. Might have to wait until this loads by Enter. Monday. Um, hmm. look oh, oh, look, there it is. Right. See, oh my, it's almost Monday. The full second you just experience <laughs> is something we need to eliminate. By government action. It's just unbelievable. Uh, someone yesterday was like, oh, well, what are you talking about? It's, it's infrastructure spending. Uh, that's how they justify everything. Have yeah. you noticed this? Uh, every single project. They say that about, they said that about Obamacare. It was infrastructure. They'll say that about anything. It's always infrastructure. It's always investment. The bottom line is they want control of it. They want control because they always want control. Have you not seen this 100,000 times? And the, the idea oh my gosh. Uh, and that you need additional legislation on something like this is ridiculous. Well, you heard, uh, I hate to quote the extremist Glenn Beck. Oh, no. But uh, if you like your cable, you can keep your cable. Yeah, that is the pitch right now. Oh, my God. Look, for those 98% of us that are, have good high-speed Internet access, this is not going to change for you. But you know, it is going to change for those people in the rural communities. Of course, they won't take the uh, high-speed Internet that is potentially available through them through with certain services like uh, Dish Network, for example. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, but we, can't, we can't allow that. If they can't only have one choice. Like, what are you talking about? Internet wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. For I mean, my kids are going to not believe this, and I'm sure you're, well, are your oh kids like gosh. this? Because your kids, how old is Max now? He'll be, he'll be 13 next month. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That sure is. But Max is 13 years old, and he can he picture life without the Internet? Oh, absolutely no, not. Right? I mean, because I, mean, I remember not. in the mid-90s you know, when it really became uh, sort of popular, you know, like where people right. started having America Online and all that stuff back in the day. And, uh, you know, but I, we lived somehow for, I, I lived, you know, the first, I don't know, 18 years of my life pretty much without Internet. My daughter? No way. Remotes, computers, all of it. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's... And this is why they do these things, right? They do these things because they're appealing to people who think it's a right because they've always had it. That's not how you have a right. That's not what a right is. A right is not something, well, I feel like I've had it forever, so I might as well make it a right. That's not what it is. They're in the Constitution. They're pretty specifically outlined what is and is not a right. Uh, and, you know, we should really maybe listen to that sort of document every once But, Daddy, I really want that. Just buy it. Yeah. Just click on it. Yeah. You just got to click on it and buy it. No, and that's the thing. Even these people, like, if you want to call it, because they're, they're trying to say Internet is a necessity now. And look, is it, does it make your life easier? Sure. Yes. Do I like the Internet? Hell yeah, no, I like it. You, there's a good chance you're watching this show right now on the Internet. Right. It's, it's an amazing, amazing invention. But it is not essential to life on Earth. It did not exist for all of human existence right. until 20 years ago. Right. I mean, I... Ish. 
I talk about the story that made me realize, you know, how fortunate we are and what technology does about when we were, I was driving to Missouri once from Florida with uh, my oldest son. And it was the time that the St. Louis, uh, the bridge fell. Okay. And, and uh, so I'm watching on a, on, a, on a computer on my phone the live update of uh, the bridge and the people and the mm-hmm. search and the crash. And I'm talking to someone else on another phone about it to Florida. We're driving in a car doing 70 miles an hour, listening to uh, a radio station somewhere in, in between there. And I'm thinking, man, that is technology. That is great. It's yeah. wonderful. Now, could I have just driven on the road and gone to Missouri and not known any of that? Yes. yes. In fact, you have to, uh, let's put a number on it. What percentage of internet usage is rational and necessary to human existence? I mean, got to be really like, let's say, and I don't even mean like human existence. Like just like you know, like you're 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 paying a bill on your ba- at your bank account, as opposed to I'm uploading a picture okay. on Facebook, right? It's got to be a tenth of a percent. I'll throw it out there: a tenth of a percent, maybe, maybe, maybe one, maybe, maybe. Uh, if you go by data, it's not even close because, I mean, I, Netflix and I, I can't remember. We did this stat a while ago, but it was Netflix and one other site. I want to say it was either YouTube or Hulu is 50 percent of the data of the entire Internet. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 40 percent or something like that. It was it's unbelievable. Two sites. So when you go by data, it's not even close. But even if you go by in, uh, transactions, what are you doing online? 99% of the stuff you're doing online is, is it's not... It's a waste of time. At, it's a waste of time. Or it's, it might be reading, or it might be finding out about the news, as Jeffy was about this bridge. Right. But it's not essential to human life. Jeffy no. didn't need to know about a St. Louis bridge. He wasn't in St. Louis. And until the <laughs> mid-1990s, you didn't know about that bridge until you got home and you watched it on the news, and the world didn't end. No, it did not. And you thought, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting writing that people have done um, saying that that sort of update, uh, learning about every news story in every city and being freaked out about everything, is actually a real negative in people's lives. It's because you're you're constantly obsessed with grasping for that next piece of information. How many times have we said sometimes you just have to walk away? Yeah. I mean, to feel better. Yeah. And, you know, when we, uh, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, we live it. So, I mean, for me, it's difficult to walk away from that. Yeah. But, I mean, so it's a, I mean, I have to th- think about it and make myself shut off the phone. Yeah. Shut off the laptop. Shut off the tablet. Shut off the television and, you know, and not have that. Yeah. And it takes some getting used to. Well, it's very difficult for you to do, too, considering how many online businesses you run. <laughs> you don't want to. No, no, no. Promote. We don't need to promote them. Okay. Uh, Triple eight seven twenty seven back. Uh, back with. I, mean, I appreciate uh, it. No, I know. Back Thank with more you. in a second. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying that. I, I thought you it. wanted to. Did you have that promotion going on? Like Twelve sites for a penny. Yeah, well, I got a couple of new sites coming that I want promotion for. Okay, so we'll hold on. The old ones. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. We have a, a new development from Al Sharpton, who is he solved yeah. the Ferguson yeah. thing and uh, he solved the I can't breathe thing. Now that that's all done and all racial, he's got nothing to do. Right, he's got nothing to do. 
Um, either that or those were complete disasters and he didn't do anything on them <laughs> except earn himself money. Well, apparently there's a new tax bill uh, on the way or something because he's oh. come up with a new cause. This cause is... Uh, <laughs> apparently there wasn't enough black recognition in the Oscar nominations. Oh, my gosh. It was all white. All white we're gonna, people. We're going to go after Hollywood? Yeah, apparently. Now, look... Hollywood has deep pockets, and that is really the actual business of Al Sharpton. It has nothing to do with racism, has nothing to do with racial harmony, has nothing to do with making one single black person's life better <laughs> other than himself. That is Al Sharpton. That is what he does all the time. This particular example is he's trying to shake down Hollywood for their, uh, I guess, uh, they didn't nominate or enough black people for Oscars. Now, some would say that the Best Picture nomination is the ultimate statement of, uh, of recognition uh, when they gave Selma Top of the heap, a right? nomination. It's the biggest category. It's their highest honor. If I remember right, I think, they can, I think with the new rules, they can nominate up to 10 or 12, yeah. and they only nominated 8, yeah. right? So it's, it's not the, it's they, it was nominated in a, gr a smaller group than it could have been, mm -hmm. so the odds are better for it. I mean, it's, I don't know how... Yeah, they're saying it was an unbelievable performance. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it, there was an unbelievable movie, but there wasn't a standout performance as on the level of, uh, it was a better ensemble, right? And, like and, a, which ensemble makes it movies. a great movie. Right. So, uh, you know, the, uh, it's hard to even imagine how anyone could take this guy seriously at this point. However, do we That's know, sure. have the Oscars, have they been voted on already? Is it just nominations? Do they vote and nominate at the same time? They, like, have no, they sent in their ballots? So just nominations. So the ballots, even though obviously we don't know the results of them, they have not been sent in yet, right? Uh, I don't think so. I know, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure how it works. Right, because so you get the nominations. maybe some of them have. I mean, you might, right. if they sent them already, you know, if they go out the same day as the nominations, then some might have them and have already done it. Makes sense. Know? So you have the nominations. Because I wasn't sure if everyone, like, they just kind of... I doubt it, but if you got group, it, I mean, right. if, if you were and I got it, we'd... Okay, cool, cool, there's my... Right, you get the nominations my... on a piece of paper, you check off the ones you want, right? They're going to send this back. This, to me, has to make Selma the prohibitive favorite. Boy, no uh, kidding. Because now they know they've erred in not putting any black people in, uh, in any of the other nominations. So Selma, prohibitive be. favorite to win Best Picture. Because Now, look, there are other great movies this year, and according to Glenn, I did not see Selma, but according to Glenn, he loved Selma. He thought it was a great movie. Yeah. Um, Boyhood is such a it's such a different movie, the fact that they filmed it over 12 years, that you kind of feel like they might give it to Boyhood. But I'll be honest, you ha there might be some good money to be bet on Best Picture Selma, because pressure from groups like Sharpton, especially if it ramps up before these ballots go out, could meet, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you're in the, you're, you're an Oscar voter, you're being accused of racism, you like Selma, you thought it was a great movie, you're glad it's nominated, there's another one that's close to it, eh, why not click Selma? Why not check off okay. the Selma box? Why not? Because it's an answer, right? It's an answer to all of these accusations of racism. If Selma wins Best Picture, clearly the Oscars are not racist. They won't see it that I'm way. I'm convincing myself to fly Al to Sharpton Vegas and put some money down it. on this. What's Al, that? Al Sharpton will not uh, oh. will not take that as no. the answer. He will not. It uh, won't be good enough. No, it will. Well, but it will never be good enough for Al Sharpton, right? Uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Spike Lee's also pissed off about it. Uh, you didn't see any of these uh, Oscar films, though. Somebody did a, a really good collection of um, Oscar um, movie posters, if they were honest. Oh, uh, nice. Like so, 
for example, uh, we've got this one. This is the boyhood poster. Uh, pu puberty time, puberty time lapse uh, is the name of the movie. Um, and the quote, I like the reviews. Quote: Child labor laws apparently don't apply to the director, Richard Linkletter. That's tremendous. So there you go on that one. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, the Dark Knight oh. Crisis. <laughs> this is. Oh yeah, I guess this is. Uh, this is because uh, you know this is from uh, Birdman. And uh, Keaton had a little bit of an issue leaving Batman, perhaps, and uh, that one kind of rings in that movie. Uh, next up, uh, challenging disability biopic. Yes, because, see, it's important because it makes you feel uncomfortable about disabilities. In this case, Stephen Hawking, it's challenging you. Uh, and uh, there you go. And they've, they've cracked the, the formula to award success. Disability equals credibility. Uh, so you got that. <laughs> I like this one. Challenging race biopic. If you don't like it, then you basically hate black people. And it's, it's, this is a comedy poster, but tell me it's not true with what Al Sharpton just no did. No kidding. Tell me it's not true. If you don't like this movie enough, you don't like black people. It's the exact thing that happened. No kidding. So instead of Selma, challenging race biopic. And then challenging gay biopic. Uh, everybody's, uh, every, well, of course, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, a fantastic actor. It's a funny one, though. Like, that's what they do. This is how you get nominated. Uh, WrestleMania uh, with uh, Steve Carell. Again, Steve freaking Carell. You watch, I know the trailers are, you know, top-notch and, you know, every, it makes almost every movie look good. Yeah. Most of the time. Yep. But... He looks great in the he trailers. Does. I have not seen. I mean, everything I've seen on it, it looks great. He's a talented actor. He's not just a funny guy. You know, I mean, he, he's he's been in serious movies that were really good, and and uh, uh, you know, uh, the guy is a is a serious actor. It's amazing though that he's come from some Daily Show correspondent to Best Actor good nomination. That's yeah, great for him. I, I like Steve Carell. Uh, you know, he's just a likable guy. Hipster Travel Lodge for Grand Budapest Hotel. You liked this movie, didn't you? I loved it. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's uh, everybody. If you don't like Wes Anderson movies, if you've seen some of them before, uh, there are movies like Royal Tenenbaums, which is one of right. my favorite movies. Um, there's, uh, you know, uh, there, uh, Steve. this one with Steve Zazu. Bill, Bill Murray's basically in every single one of them. Um, of Moonrise Kingdom came out a couple of years ago. Grand Budapest Hotel is another one. But they, he just, it, everything he does is is really interesting to me. Um, so that's one. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, this is, <laughs> well... This is uh, which one? Uh, this oh, this is uh, Gone Girl, and then this is basically, uh, and, well, the blurred out area is kind of important on this one. But and they're they're calling the lead actress a little bit of a name, oh, a naughty name, a naughty name. Is that it? Do we have any more of these? Uh, oh, Army, yeah, I like American this sniper. American Sniper Army recruitment video. <laughs> Republicans of America approve this message. Go USA. <laughs> yes. And Thank screw you. off if you think differently. Uh, no, yeah. They, and then, uh, oh, yeah, this is the drum one. Uh, sick, beat. sick beats. There you go. Nice. And uh, anyone else? Oh, yeah. This one's a, uh, so Scarface for Paparazzi, TMZ the movie. This was. Um, I actually wanted to Star see this. I can't think of the name. Paparazzi. I can't think of the name of the actual movie for that one, but uh, fantastic. Pretty, pretty good. I wanted to see it. It looked a little intense. Did you see uh, what was this one called uh, with uh, McConaughey? Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar. Yeah, no, I did not. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of people like that. Everybody loved it. I know it was great and everything, but ever since the whole Lincoln commercial and even Jim Carrey thing, <laughs> I, I can't say. take it. I the can't Jim take Carrey it. thing was one of the most effective. Parodies of any like I can't see 
Matthew McConaughey without, anymore no. without thinking of the Jim Carrey. I, I just can't. I, I don't want to hear it. I can't hear it. Yeah. About now. He's, he is very good, though. And then I don't even I, know. I love him. Let's get no, no. Four more still. Wow. Okay, well, let's just go through them. Keep going. Let's see what else we have here. Oh, Bra oh was that Fury nominated for Best Picture? No. No, no. Okay. Yeah, Brad's Army. <laughs> calling. I saw that. Uh, five uh, men burning in a tank going, erg is a pretty good <laughs> description of it. But it was a good movie. The only thing I didn't like about it is it wasn't actually based on a true story. And I don't mind them taking some liberties to make the movie a little bit more interesting. I get that. But it was just kind of like a composite. Especially we think people did war. stuff like this. Especially coming from this There's war. There's so, so many great, great stories. Story. I know. But, nah, nah, you pull them out of your head. but it was a good movie. If you, if you like that sort of thing, Fury was, uh, it was, it was definitely a good watch. All right, 888 back is the phone number. On the other side, we have a guest from uh, the website Super Sunday HQ. These are the guys that uh, go through, and, and they are like the masters of the Super Bowl parties. Really? Yeah. So uh, huh. yeah, this is going to be pretty interesting. Come back on the other side. I think you'd fit pretty well in a Super Bowl party, Jeffy. I mean, you know, it's a, sort of a trendy. I mean, you'd fit in. They have a lot of food. Okay. Now, as you may know, this time of year oh my is, gosh. Jeffy hates this, this time of year is a very important part to me because, you know, look, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. And as you, it is? you know, I every year uh, find my way to the big game. You know, Jeffy, on the other hand, one time worked at a radio station that let him in and then he, he walked around. He didn't have a seat. And I don't that, even think you saw most of, all, of the game. First of all. That's not true. <laughs> no, you, well, you were in Tampa for the, I, for the Super Bowl. I've been in Tampa for two or three Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. you have. So, now, I, the one that I did go to, I did have a seat. Kind of. I mean, let's be honest about it. Uh, but uh, you, never, you never really, you didn't come out with us that year uh, to any of the, the, the nighttime events. No, no, I, I mean, did not. It's obviously partially because you weren't invited, but there, there are other reasons I know, as I well. Thought, I uh, thought you said I could if I, <laughs> if I had the time. So every year, so if, if, you know, I started doing this thing. And this is a great advice to you. If you want to do something all the time, do it once, then call it a tradition. Because then you have to you do have it to. every year. You have to do it. So when we first started Fantastic this tradition idea. several years ago of going to the Super Bowl. Jesus, actually. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, um, we looked for a website to try to figure out what are the cool events to do at night. They have all these crazy Super Bowl parties you hear about, and I didn't have any idea where to go for this. So we searched the Internet. This is I got going back like probably 2007 or 2008 or something like that, uh, and found this website, supersundayhq.com. And Ken Spilasso is with us from Super Sunday HQ. You guys, every year, are my information source of nice. what, what uh, parties I can get uh, you know, turned down at, at the door. Oh, that, that means a lot, Stu. I, you know, I love to hear that. We, uh, you know, we started this a long time ago, but I really wish you guys were my friends because all my friends dropped you know, the tradition thing. All my <laughs> friends dropped off over the years. They're like, oh, I got married or I have a kid now. And but they it's can't tradition. Mm -hmm. Yep, the tradition. So it's, it's like uh, we, we're kind of like lone wolves now, and uh, we, had to, we have to recruit new people, and it's always an adventure. But, yeah, we started out. Um, so my background is I'm an attorney and, you know, I'm just minding my own business. And, uh, I'm, uh, I happen to be a Chicago Bears fan in Northern California and the Bears went to the Super Bowl, uh, against the Colts. And okay. for the first three minutes, it was great for me. And then after that, it was all downhill. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting <laughs> in the rafters at uh, the stadium and it started raining and it was, it was pretty bad. But what we did notice were all the, uh, cool events and it, it looked like, you know, for the a lot of people love, um, you know, the the women love uh, weddings. So a lot of people like watching the Oscars. And Super Bowl week is like football and entertainment combined. It's like yeah. the you know, 
and girls too. And so it's like the best common. It's like a, it's like a wedding. We look at it as like an annual wedding for guys. And so <laughs> we like, you know, if our wives can let us go there, it's amazing. And uh, it's the greatest gift anybody could give anybody. And so, so it's a wonderful time. It's like a whole weekend of parties and fun events. And, and I started this thing. Um, I had to pick up a book, learn HTML and wow. like read. And so that's why if you go back uh, and you see the old site, it looks like it just looks like a scrapbook. It doesn't even look like a website. <laughs> and, then, and then the next year we, we would do reporting. We would go and interview people on the red carpet. We would send some requests. So that the second year in Arizona in 2008, and we, we actually had to get like a inkjet printer and print out the stuff. <laughs> put on the mics and then yeah. i think in uh tampa it started raining the next year so so in tampa like the water would uh, go hit our inkjet mics and then it would just be like super like just wet on the mic and and it would just like you know it just looked so bushly but yeah but same, you guys have yeah. come a long way now i mean you have a, the iphone app looks like it's like a silicon valley you needed a round of funding from a venture capital company what i mean it really have come a long way absolutely well uh, that's actually the biggest challenge I've met in my entire life is uh, finding a mobile developer uh, that, you know, a lot of them think they're rock star, like super mega rock stars, yeah. especially out here in Silicon Valley. Like, you know, I think there's a whole show about that and they, you know, and they're, they're praised like gods. And so it's like they want, you know, tons of money to do an app. And it's like I learned I picked up a book and I learned how to do this myself. It's not that hard. <laughs> and so 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 uh, so, um, so anyway, so finally like, we connected with this awesome company, Double Dutch, and uh, and they, you know, they, it's almost like turnkey, and so they really help. We we provide the content, they provide the guts, and it's on the uh, both the iPhone and uh, Android, yeah. and it's uh, it's a dream come true. So it's yeah, I definitely mean, yeah, definitely go out and download the app if you're interested in this. But you get lots of behind the scenes stuff, you get cool pictures, all the celebrities going there. Even if you're not going to go to Phoenix, uh, definitely go there and check it out. Uh, so can you give a little preview of like what the big parties are? What's the hottest parties this year? I know Bud Light usually has their Bud Light Hotel, but they're doing something completely different this year, right? Really. Yeah, we talked to the uh, Bud Light vice president uh, about the house of whatever, and he kind of turned he turned me off a little bit because he said it was mainly for millennials. Oh, and wow. I think I, I missed that boat. <laughs> We're too but, old, fat, and uncool for that. Uh, we don't. We yeah, don't belong yeah. There. So, so uh, not so the you know, but it's supposed to be uh, crazy. They did an, a little. They had took over a little town in Colorado over the summer, and it looks like really fun, like all kinds of activities and party people everywhere and uh, surprise performances and DJs. So that's going to be, it's called House of Whatever, and that's going to be at the uh, Hotel Palomar in Phoenix, and it's uh, going to be multiple days. And so that's that's one multiple wow. day big party, one big event. And you have to be like invited or win contests, so you can go out to nightclubs or do send, submit videos to win contests, and they pick you and stuff. Oh, very or, cool. Now you got yes. the, some of the other big ones. Uh, you know, Directv does a big one every year. Uh, of course, the Maxim party and Playboy parties are sort of the famous ones. Uh, are those still the, the the three big ones? What else would you put in that category? Uh, great, yeah, great question. So we have Playboy, Maxim, Directv, uh, ESPN. We'll see what they do. Oh, yeah. um, G, the GQ party was always awesome, but it's out this year. No GQ party, and. We had the Rolling Stone party, which uh, Steven Tyler is going to be there with Charlie XCX, who is like, you know, featured on Fancy uh, with Biggie's Elliot. Okay. So that's so they got some, you know, some big parties there. Uh, I'm thinking Madden Bowl. We love Madden Bowl. We love playing Madden and we love uh, they have like Nelly, Florida, Georgia line and Lil John are going to be there. So Madden Bowl is going to be great. Um, and, you know, lots of I mean, Big Sean, uh, we're co-sponsoring a party now at uh, Club Maya, which is like the biggest nightclub in Arizona. And it's Big Sean uh, is, is a cool a cool artist right now and so he's going to be there on thursday night so so there's some uh but i, I think everybody's looking towards maxim right now they haven't announced 
And one of my favorite Maxim parties was at the, uh, I think it might have been in Dallas. And uh, it was like a car. It was like a carnival. It had like bumper cars in the party. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if I were to be, say, if someone like myself were to donate uh, money to Super Sunday HQ, does that guarantee <laughs> me a spot at a party? You know, it's so funny because uh, maybe you can't. Maybe yeah, that that could work because like everybody's into bartering now. Like it, you yeah. know, I'm, I can't squeeze like one hundred ninety nine dollars out of people for advertising, but they'll give me like ten free tickets. So it's like <laughs> that's where my that's where my background comes as an attorney. It's like okay, like you know, so uh, yeah. I got tickets, I earn money, and then somebody else can do me a favor, so I'll give them tickets. So I'm spending all my time working out all these great deals so that we can. <laughs> Do fun like for instance, we're doing a campaign with Uber where uh, we're going to surprise people like who are in Uber and take them to a Super Bowl party. Oh, very cool. Uh, Ken, we're, we're right out of time here at the top of the hour. Here, really appreciate you coming on, Ken Splasso, Super Study HQ. Get the app, go to the site. It's a really cool way to experience the Super Bowl, even if you can't get there. Ken, thanks so much for coming on, man. All right, back in a second. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven. Back is the number. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Um, I, Jeffy, am an only child. Did you know that? Really? I am. I have a stepbrother, uh, a couple of them. Uh, well, I guess now, technically, just one. Because this, of this divorce may, and such. This yeah. may come as mm -hmm. a surprise to mm -hmm. you. I have a younger brother, mm -hmm. but he really doesn't acknowledge me. <laughs> really? So I'm kind of like a... I'm, I'm is that like true? A... Oh, wow. I mean, we, we've stumbled yet another dark corner of the Jeff Fisher experience, uh, <laughs> which is never pretty. So uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a kind of like an only child child. because everyone in your family hates you. That's not the way it works, Jeffy. That's not the same thing. Uh, I was an only child, and uh, you know, I actually have always been very pro only being an only child uh, because doing it from uh, from the only child's perspective. Right. It is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you get uh, all the attention, all the attention, all the presents at Christmas, you. right? Uh, uh, all the events are, are around you. You never have to deal with a brother. Now, look, brothers and sisters are great. I have two kids. I decided, you know, I was like, ah, let's do one, and she was like, ah, let's do three. So we settled at two. Uh, you know, at least when's the third do? <laughs> yeah, probably right. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, you know, like we have two kids. I love it, and it's great, and I can I can see things from a parental perspective of wanting more than one, especially because, A, you don't know if the one's going to get screwed up. I mean, look what happened to me, you know? Um, secondly, well, that's a good argument. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I do feel that, think that way, though, because, look, I, I'm a parent, but I also acknowledge that a good percentage of parenting, let's be honest about it, is being selfish. It's like you don't want to be the person who screws up your kid. It's sometimes less about your kid being screwed up than you don't want to be, be the, the person, person who screws up, up your kid. Because <laughs> it's an odd thing. And the other part is you never know. Like, you know, look, you could be the best parent in the world. But sometimes kids go off the rails. They go in the wrong direction. And then if that happens, 
you know, it's, it's sad if, if you have no kid you can relate to. One of the kids might hate your guts. One of the kids might tragically pass away. Like, it partially is a numbers game in right. that weird sort of way. And I know that's not exactly going to come from any parenting book. But I think it's actually true yeah. when you think about it. Um, and so this argument comes from PBS, who is making the argument, uh, what is the argument for only having one kid? Now, you would think there's a lot of them. Of course, number one, it's coming from PBS, has to be the number one argument. It's eco-friendly. Of course. Of course, of it's course eco-friendly. It it's eco-friendly. How, Stop it. When's the last time you talked about your child this way? You're replacing two trash-accumulating, water-wasting, gas-burning individuals with one, which means your impact on the environment is drastically reduced. Yay! Yay! Boy, is that right? Look, I, I guess if you're a if you're an atheist, maybe this doesn't apply to you. But how I've never understood anyone who has any uh, religious sort of leanings at all, who would think that the goal of having this planet would be to have less people on it, less people alive. I always want more people alive. I want more people alive of every culture, every creed, every race. I, I, that's what I think as a, hum, as a population, as a, uh, you know, a, a human being, one of our main goals on this earth is to make life better for the future generations, which usually includes life. You need I, to be alive to enjoy it. I used to think that too. Until I realized that the earth can't sustain. We've got too many people. <laughs> oh, no, do we? can barely move. Like they've you said can't even, you can't every even other move time around. in history. Uh, you can't even move. Yeah, no. There's plenty of, uh, I mean, look, it's, we're not as crowded as people think they are. Uh, what was unbelievable. This, what's the stat? Natasha, you know this stat. What's the stat where uh, if you put everybody shoulder to shoulder, every person in the entire globe, you could fit them all on the island of Maui. Is that right? Yeah. That doesn't seem possible, but no, it's it actually true. That doesn't seem possible. That's how, that's how much space we I have. I know you couldn't fit them all on Grenada, but I don't really want to talk about it right now. But you couldn't, you know. It seems like you did want to talk about no, it. I don't. Then. I your don't service, want to talk about your it. Your service to this country. Island of Maui brought up the island and it brought, mm. got me thinking of the island of Spice Raid. Yeah. It did not. Okay, so the next one is, uh, what's the next uh, great case for having only one kid? Your whole family gets to fit on one row of an airplane. <laughs> I will say that this is, that is, kind this of... is problematic. When you have two children and you're flying with them, you have you, you know, in my case, my wife, and then a boy and a girl, there's only three seats in the row. So I've got to break it up over two, like, you've got to break it up across the aisle, mm. and that can be a little, that can be problematic. That's an easy fix. Okay. All right. What about you? Now you've it's an easy fix. when you've flown. Is that... I, seriously, it's, it's an easy fix. You either uh, you either do give up a window. You know, so you're yep. you're, so you... you're you're all in one row, but you have the aisle between you. Right, which is not bad. No, it's not. Or you take up one row of three, and either you or your wife sit on the outside. So <laughs> Let, switch, uh, let's you know? translate so what switch. Jeffy just said. What Jeffy just said is he makes his wife do all the work while he sits 14 rows behind him. I did not say that. That is what you said. I did not say that. That's what you meant. That's what you that's do. Not, sometimes you, that's the only seat you can get on the airline. <laughs> Jeffy's in there like, you know, like, everyone else is checking in. He's at another like, uh, terminal you just check, like seat change. All right, next one. You can invite your childless friends over for dinner without scaring them off. Now, look, if you have friends who are scared of children and you have children, you should get rid of those friends. Uh, that's an easier solution. <laughs> 
Look, I understand that not everybody, and I'm one of them, by the way. I never hold other kids, uh, other uh, people's babies, especially before I had kids, because I, I didn't want to break them in half. I was afraid. I, they're these little tiny things. They move around. If you drop one, I think they break. Look at Jeffy. Dropped many times, and look at him. I didn't break. Well, you didn't break, but, you know, there's other there's effects. There's a number of cracks. Uh, but uh, would you say that, uh, like, I'm sorry. I love kids. Yeah, look, I... I uh, I love, yeah, you're all, you've always been good with kids, and this goes back to, you know, back in the day. Because Jeffy's this, you know, as much as we make fun of him, this lovable, huggable love guy. I little dingleberry kids, although I wish, I can't say that. I love kids. That was a weird. Uh, I love well, all children. A weird self-edit there. I love children. But, like, the thing is, we have friends who are, are probably like this, but we have, you know, a lot of, most of our friends will come over. You know, you come over for dinner. Zach and Ainsley are either, to your perspective, cute or annoying right. for a half an hour. Then we put them to bed, both. and then you talk. Kids could be all of that. Yeah, so what? Get over it. This is life. Yeah. If it's not for people like us, there's not going to be a human species. So Thank get over you. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number four. Yeah. You save money, and who doesn't want to save money? You yeah, save money with having one kid. I don't know. You, I think you just double up spending on them. They just get more presents. I think that happens too. Plus. That's almost, <laughs> that's like deficit spending. If you want to save money, don't have a kid. Yeah, right. If, I would say that perhaps you should not look at your entire life and family as some sort of economic arrangement. Might be a good idea. This Maybe. is why, uh, one of the reasons I hate the tax deductions for marriages. If you're getting mar married to save money on taxes, don't get married. <laughs> Trust me, that's not a good reason for it. Uh, so there you go. Um, you avoid being a cliche. The exception is that What's you will have cliche? two children because that's what people do. Let's embrace the small rebellions. Is that a reason to only have one kid? That's just, uh, you stop thinking about what people think about you. Just do what you want to do. Um, when it comes to that, like, and I do think, like, you know, my parents had one kid. Um, you know, it was great. I loved it. You know, it was a great, it, you can make any arrangement like this work. I have another friend who I think has 14 children, and he's looking to have about 14 more. Right. You know, uh, Pat Gray, uh, you know, the normal host of this program, when it's Pat and Stu instead of today's program of Fat and Stu. Uh, he, he, See, there again, it sounded like you almost said, you almost made a mistake. Okay, I no, I, 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 I think right. I said Pat and Stu. But Pat Gray, I think, has, I mean, he has teams of children all across America. Uh, you can go to any city in this country, and just there's just dozens of children that are all uh, Pat and Jackie's. And, and it's a great thing. Like, that makes them happy. For us, we decided to go with two. It felt like the right number. You know, Jeffy, uh, you have uh, three total that, that, I that you admit to. For, yes. That you admit to. Then aren't on, uh, you know, the Dominican Republic or other uh, different <laughs> islands around the world. Uh, maybe the Island of Spice may have a lot of uh, odd-looking... Oh, no, uh, no, listen. We were there on a business at the Island of Spice. That was war, Stu. That's Don't true. Don't start making jokes that we were just there to lounge around and mm -hmm. make babies. No. Now, no. No. No, of course not. I would never. Your service was so important to our country. Now, people who actually went to Grenada, their, their service was important to this country. Uh, Jeffy's was not. Okay, so um, so far, most of these I don't agree with. Uh, Eco-friendly, don't care. Nope. Uh, fam the airplane one, there's a little bit of and There is a little there. bit of truth to that, yeah. Uh, invite your childless friends over without scaring them off. Screw you guys. Yeah. Uh, you save money. Well, no you, you know what? That's not the way to save money. Figure out another way to make money. Uh, you avoid being a cliche. Don't care about your cliches. I don't, I don't care if you're categorizing me. This one, though, I feel is, is legitimate. You don't feel compelled to buy a minivan. Well, I am with you on this. I, I have a car. and We have an SUV. There's two seats that go in there. Uh, you know, my car has one seat for those emergency times. I'm taking out one kid. That's it. That's fine. The minivan is, is not that bad a thing, though, if you're, you know, if you have one kid and maybe, you know, he's playing sports. You don't need a minivan with one kid. 
you know, playing sports. I will say this. Uh, a friend of mine was very anti-minivan. And then he had 11 teen children. <laughs> and he found himself at a dealership purchasing a minivan. I know this friend of yours. Yes, you do. And, uh, well, it's Dan Andros. We can just say it. He's a writer for the program. Uh, and he, uh, when he got the minivan, at first he was very opposed to getting it. He, I remember well, well, I, he had a cool right. SUV at the time. He, you know, he did not want to get a minivan. You know, of course, he, he was, there was some convincing done by... You know, his lovely wife, wife, Tara, who made a sensible argument as to why they do need a minivan, which there are sensible arguments Absolutely for Absolutely there are. However, I fa- over time, we found that Dan became very pro-minivan because minivans are not only these kind of lumbering vehicles that can fit a bunch of children. They're also lazy time vehicles. Yes. The, the doors open automatically. It's easy to get from the front to the back when you need to. Uh, the kids can get up and climb. They don't need your help to get in the back. All these, there's a lot of, uh, they've made the, the minivan experience like a living room that you drive. And so sweet. there's some charm to it. Kind of sweet. Though I don't think I'm ever going to cross that uh, particular barrier. Oh, do you ever get one? You'll be there. No, I'm not getting them anyway. No. Well, you However, though, I re- I've rented them before uh, to take on trips, and some are really nice, man. I mean, Dan, that's right. Mm-hmm. You, you move around. They're lazy, man. They're comfortable. Uh, a lot of storage, a lot of room to put stuff, uh, easy access to get in and out for groceries, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, it's they were pretty nice to be on the road. They drive nice. I mean... Not that bad a thing. I don't necessarily want yeah. one, no day-to-day. Yeah, I still am holding on to whatever one-thousandth of a percent of, of me convincing myself that I'm mildly not the most pathetic person on the planet. Does that, does that automobile do that for you? Yeah, you feel like the car, a okay. cool car, maybe does that. I, I guess mean, some people do feel that way. <laughs> you have a cool car. Your car is your really cool. I've driven it. It doesn't, it doesn't look like you fit in it, but it, it does. Uh, Chevy it cool. <laughs> I remember the Chevy Impala. Uh, uh, no one will quibble over your will is the seventh reason why you should only have one kid. All right. Uh, that's, I, I, first of all, usually not true. Everybody quibbles over every freaking will. Right. Uh, another way to, uh, here's a better way to make sure no one quibbles over your will. Die broke. Go through and sp- have a giant party the day before you die. Some of us don't even have to worry about throwing a party. It's a great point. <laughs> or be <laughs> Jeffy and have nothing to give. <laughs> Some of us are just, you know, broke. There you go. <laughs> uh, how about number eight? You have time and energy to pursue your own interests, socialize with friends, and devote to your marriage. You know, there's something. I will say there's something to that one. I don't know. I, well, I, I think that this generation, every generation solves or attempts to solve a problem of their previous generation. And usually... Can do can sort of solve it, but then creates a new problem. That's how I believe yeah. the world works. Like I remember, wow. uh, this happens in, in business. Like you have someone who's on your staff and is really terrible at X, Y, or Z. You, the next person you bring in usually does X, Y, or Z really well, but then lets you down in another area. And then you're constantly trying to fix that problem. My belief is one of the things that my parents' generation did not do particularly well was to they focused too much on their children and not enough on their marriage. Like too oh, much, yeah, you know. Like I, I, you know, and, and I think that's maybe why divorce rates skyrocketed during that period. Look, you got it. Your kids are great, but you need to, you know, you need to have a priority that at least keeps them equal, um, and, and maybe even favors the other one. I, I just feel like that's one of those things. So I think that having time to, you know, that's something that keep couples your, need to 
seriously work on, though, because that happens uh, where I think even with a single, even if you have one child, um, I mean, I, I, I live that. I understand that. You know, it, it happens where it just becomes you didn't work on the marriage. Yeah. Every and, single day as you come home, you have the kids and you love the kids yeah. and you want to do things for the kids and you bring them from A to B and you're doing all that stuff and you never even think about the reason why this whole thing right. started in the first place. It's a very common mistake. I think people now are attempting to solve that. I don't know if it's going to succeed. I hope so. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that there is something to that. You know, I, I, partially, too, I think some of the solution to that is having children later where you have a longer period of time in which you have nothing else to focus on other than each other, and then you bring in the kids after you've been around. You're kind of sick of each other anyway, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to charm Jeffy there. All right, uh, and then uh, number nine, you can hold hands with every single member of your family at once, and come on, that's just cute. It's kind of just a jokey reason. I guess you have to get the list to ten somehow. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, you get to focus on quality, not quantity. Um, and I will say, again, this one, I think, connects with me a little bit. One of the reasons why I wanted to stop at two kids was because this is when we were back in uh, working in New York, and my commute was really long, right. and we were at work for really long hours. And, you know, this, some of that has been cleared up a little bit by moving to Texas because uh, I don't have an hour and a half to go one way to get to work anymore. But, it, like, it, any more than two kids, I feel like I wouldn't have enough time to actually give them the attention they deserve. Focus on them. Yeah. You know, I feel like it winds up being, you know, Again, like this is just me. If you have more than two kids, I, for, I you know, I well, totally understand that everyone has a different path to this. But like, I, I always felt like I was, you know, like how am I going to make enough time? Right. You know, I think that I think you you do you end up making enough time maybe with uh, three or four. Yeah, uh, you start getting past that. I mean, I've known a lot of families that have, you know, seven, eight, yeah. nine kids. It's hard. you got to work well, hard. It ends, I mean, it ends up the younger kids are being raised by the older kids, and yeah. dad's sitting at the kitchen table drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Jeffy, your vision of family is a tad different than some others. I'm just saying what just I saw. Just so you're aware. Yeah, I know what you saw. It's a little bit different. I will say that, you know, look, I'm lazy. Um, I just, you know, I... I know that I could fall into patterns of doing nothing with my life, like, instantly. The second I have the opportunity, I'm doing it. I'm going to be on an island, and you're never going to see Dad me again. This sounds good to you, doesn't it? Oh. Everything except going to the island thing? Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. You probably wouldn't do well in a, a tropical environment. Well, a lot of sweat. I don't like going to islands anymore. Triple eight seven twenty seven back in... Oh, no. Not the Grenada thing again. I'm just Triple saying that's why I don't like going to islands anymore. Back with more about Jeffy's fake military. He's going to the island during war. <laughs> 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 okay. And I, I completely believe it's true, and I never had any science to back it up. Being cold, contagious. Okay? Being cold. It's contagious. contagious. Now, it's, you think, okay, well, you're usually in the situation where you are both in the same temperature, so the two people, of course, would both be cold. No, I, this goes back That's to the movie, um, uh, if you remember this movie, Alive. Do you remember Alive? 
Uh, it was a movie about the guys, the soccer team that crashed in the Himalayas and wound up eating each other. Right. Okay? It's a wonderful, uplifting story. Uh, you got to do what good. you got to do. You feel a good hit. Yeah. I'm, seems like you've maybe perhaps indulged, but... Uh, so this is one of those situations where the entire movie is in the Himalayan mountains in the icy cold. Right. And I swear to you, I became frigid because I was watching, watching this yeah. movie. And I, ever since then, I've always believed that there's something a little bit more than just the actual temperature. And now in this place, I'm cold all the time. It's like negative 50 degrees in here. Everyone makes fun of me, um, and <laughs> including what? Jeffy. Uh, yes. You? Yeah, I know it's shocking, but it takes me hours after walking out of the studio every day to warm up. <laughs> Sometimes I, I kid you not, I will go out to the parking lot and sit in my car and turn the heat to ninety for an hour to thaw out. It's I actually yeah. have done this on multiple occasions. For an hour? For an hour. An hour. An hour. Sixty minutes you're in your car now, with that heater on. By the end of it, well, I get lunch too, and you know you're. you're oh, okay. But yeah, but it's blasting heat the entire time. And by the end of it, I'm getting to the verge of sweating, and that's when I feel like it's okay to come back in, because then it'll take me another half an hour to get back cold again. <laughs> uh, so here's the science now that backs up my claim. This oh, is where I was going. Oh, okay. uh, Neil Harrison, a neuropsychiatrist, I didn't know that was a thing, at Brighton and Sussex Medical School, measured the temperatures of the right and left hands of 36 volunteers. So 36 volunteers come in, measure the temperature of both hands. They then made them watch a short video which showed one of four scenes. Okay. Either an actor adding hot water from a steaming kettle into a transparent container filled with water, um, and then placing his hand in the in the in the water. An actor dumping ice cream from a plastic bag into the container and then plastic placing his hand into the ice cream. Well, I well I wish it was ice cream, but it is just ice. It says here. If yours says ice cream, I want to be in that study. Wait, really? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does say ice. I know and you I and shows... I were talking about ice cream earlier. We have someone, so... uh, Sarah Penrod from the uh, Food <laughs> Network coming on in just a moment. And I'm just, food is now, it's swirling around my head a little bit. I met her yesterday. And, yeah. And uh, we discussed having ice cream, so I hope she pulls through. Anyway, put the ice are on you, the hand with your study. Are you harassing our guests? Is this why no one wants to come on this stupid show? Because you keep contacting them and making I them... just said I met her, that's all. I just met her. And had a, okay, so a note to the producers of the show, Jeffy should never meet anyone that's coming on the program or they will not come on the program. She's here, is she not? I can't believe it, actually, after meeting you. Damn ice cream, too. Uh, a couple of other uh, neutral scenes were also used uh, in the, uh, in the that's videos. That's fascinating. So in all the videos, only the actor's hand was uh, shown so the volunteers couldn't see their facial reactions. Right. After they watched the two-minute videos, the scientists once again measured the temperature of the volunteers' hands as he expected, when the study volunteers watch the actor submerge his hand into the ice water, they experienced a drop in temperature oh. of the people's hands in the room. Hmm. And obviously the opposite for uh, the steaming hot right. water. Is that weird? It is kind of weird. It's because I was right. As usual, science has proven me right-ish. That is kind of amazing, though. Why does that happen? I wonder if uh, I wonder if they studied. I'd like to read a little bit deeper into this study, actually, to see if they did it with the facial expressions too, and then opposite. Like if you were uh, putting your hand in cold water, but you didn't do any, you didn't react at all. Right. So the people not reacting to anything, hot or cold, and then reacting to cold or hot, and see what the people viewing it were. Anyway, because just, you're so, so much smarter than the scientists, and you need to... I'm just saying, I'd like to read more about the study. Perhaps they did that. The uh, 
I've been trying to milk the system with study money for years. Yes. I know the kind of things to look for. Did you ever get any study money? Because this is something Jeffy's been trying time. to do for a long time. His belief is, if you could articulate this, you believe that the government will just give you free money to try stuff. Oh, my gosh. They look you know, at all the money that the government gives out every year for studies and grants. Now, the difference is studies, you have to actually produce something. You okay. have to produce something that says, you know, hey, a guy get put his hand in hot water and, and it makes it warmer. Right. A grant, you don't have. To, a grant is just like, yeah, here's your money. Go ahead, uh, go do what you got to do. Good luck with that. Go do what you got to do. Uh, you know, if you create something, let us know. And as someone who's worked with you for a long time, I know you're not capable of producing anything. So grant money. So is grant money after. is the way you'd want to go. However, get. when I talked to uh, this, especially uh, I haven't done it here in Texas, but when I lived in Florida, uh, I talked to a congressman, you know, a lot. Uh, on the air, off the air, different congressmen from Florida, and uh, several of them. When I said, you know, I've got some good ideas for a couple of studies, they were like, "Hey, just give me the paperwork. We'll get it. We'll push it through." This is how it's, and I mean, it's sad. But Jeffy, with no <laughs> measurable intelligence, is wait, able wait. to get an okay from a congressman. Send me your study, and we'll push it through. This is what's happening to your money. We'll push it through. Yes, that's exactly what. Remember happening. that one on April fifteenth. Remember what Jeffy just said that, next time you're signing your tax documents. That is, that's no joke. It's agonizing. It is actually agonizing. Um, one more thing before we get to actual food, which is the only important thing we're doing on this show today. Well, this and the Super Bowl parties. Food and Super Bowl parties, everything else. So uh, the food's coming yeah, up here yeah, in just a second, which I'm really excited about. Um, but there's this thing that, the, that, the, that scientists have been working on for a long time. And it's, it's different than the average person thinks of, uh, which is we think of you die of natural causes you die of old okay. age right. okay everybody says that when you ask our relative die ah oh, you know they died of natural causes why do we believe that natural causes are um what just something are. we what have to are. accept right what right? they are why is old age a killer well we know that cells die and eventually problems right. crop up um, but in reality and I'm glad that they do this. Scientists don't think of it that way. They think of aging like they think of any other disease. Why, how can we stop that from happening? Is there any reason that anyone has to die of natural causes? I'm a huge fan of that. Something will eventually take you out. Now, obviously, Jeffy was the first experiment in this, and he's actually 135 years old. But <laughs> oh. there were, oh, jeez, if you're around. And we, all, we were talking about this the other day. I don't remember what the context was. You know Jeffy's going to outlive us. Like Jeffy, who has <laughs> ravished his body with just substance after substance his entire life, has not lived a healthy day since well, day one. I have lived a healthy day. It's, it was, who smokes, who injects, who eats, who drinks, all, everything that everyone would tell you not to do, Jeffy does, and he will live till 94 years old I'm and doing, we'll all be I'm dead. I'm doing my own study. A personal study. Anyway, scientists now believe that life beyond 100 will be the norm yes, for absolutely. children born within the next generation. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I look, this is one of the things that I always, uh, you know, this is one of the things that capitalism brings you. When you have innovation in the medical field, you are able to extend life. And, again, I look at that as a positive. If you are, and I know that sounds weird, but a lot of people don't. The last person was saying you should only have one kid because you don't want the, to hurt the earth. Right. You know, it, when you look at life as something that's a, a, incredible positive and you don't, you're not scared away from what pollution and water they will waste in their lifetime, you start looking at life as this is a grand, uh, yeah. you know, it's, innovation. It's a great thing. And it's, and really, I believe we probably are, they say that generation now will be 
the norm over 100. I think really we're almost we're actually there. But the problem is 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 the a the quality of life because mm-hmm. I mean they can extend your life. I mean they extend lives all the time. Yeah, and, and a little the quality bit, of life. I mean, okay, so you live to be 110, but you've laid on a bed for 10 years. Right. So what? Well, then that's up to obviously up to an individual if they want to do that or not. Um, but you're right, like a machine where you're it's breathing for you, you, you know, all that stuff. It's a different thing that we're talking about. We're talking about being able to live a function, a, a yeah, life. Absolutely. Like you're gonna things might hurt more. You might have uh, be more susceptible to disease. There are things, but you can solve those things. Those are medical medical communities should look at those as solvable problems, and that's what they're trying to see now. They're they're believing you're going to live to over a hundred years old, well, pretty much even, as the norm. And, and you know you've got to extend on the on your on your body, cells, bones, skin, all that kind of stuff. But isn't that what uh, uh, our boy Transcendence? I mean, that was his deal, right? I mean, we, you're talking we, about uh, Ray Kurzweil, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Singularity. Transcendence was the movie. Of, about yeah, yeah, that yeah, idea was not particularly yeah, with, uh, uh, well received critically. Uh, however, the idea is a real idea that yeah. we will essentially mesh with machines, and our, you know, the, the, the our soul essentially will live on. Um, and that's not in a in a religious way, which you may or may not believe. However, in a physical, actual physical way, that you, you're, you know, essentially everything that makes you up is a bunch of thoughts downloaded into a hard in a hard drive, and they could download it to a different hard drive and let you live on. Live on. Yeah. And man, if that happens to you, I would be very disappointed. I mean, we need this to just go away with this generation. You know what I mean? What mean? Yeah, like your kids I and your wife like seem like they're they're actually cool and normal. Like, let's get rid of this. You know I what I'm saying? Of, I got a lot of information to share. You do. A lot of chemical formulas you wouldn't imagine that he actually memorized. All right, other side, we're going to eat some spicy food with Sarah Penrock on the Food Channel. This is the only reason we did the show today, to be honest. We couldn't do it. I was going to take the day off, but now we have food, so we're going to do it. Coming back on the other side. Nice. 888 727 back. Interesting development here. We're here with Sarah Penrod. You may know her from uh, Food Network, uh, but also has a lot of really cool stuff uh, going on now. We're going to talk uh, about it in a second. However, we discovered the most important thing, which is that her husband's nickname is what for you? Spoon. Spoon. Huh? Spoon. Come on now. Now, you didn't know that Jeffy, uh, w- the belief is that the only word he actually really understands is, spoon. is spoons. Well, it's a good word. It's the only word you need. Yeah, baby. Spoon, like, please. Uh, Spoon, please. Uh, so uh, Sarah's here. Uh, you're going to be here uh, in uh, right, actually by our studios in Irving for Zest Fest. Yes. What, tell me about Zest Fest. Okay, so Zest Fest has been here for 10 years. Um, it's the world's spiciest food festival. Really? It's got a nice. lot of bold flavors, though, now. They're kind of opening the doors to um, all sorts of world palettes. Um, there's going to be bold flavors, barbecue sauce, um, oh. Spicy sauces, anything you can imagine, and it's all included with your ticket. Really? Yeah. So oh, you got cool. crazy samples, um, mm. like liquor, beer. Oh, yeah. It's it's all about that. And um, <laughs> then you got the chef stage, which is going to be me, John Bonnell, Grady Spears, like some amazing chefs. Very cool. Cooking for you. Now, usually they don't let uh, giant collections of food be this close to Jeffy. Uh, that's just a typical so policy. Let me in? Uh, they will let you in. No, no I was you actually. You can in. be my special guest. Yeah. You come and you're oh, on stage with me, baby. See? Oh my gosh! Don't 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 see? don't encourage. Don't encourage. 
Uh, I was actually in, um, you're from Texas, right? Yeah, I'm from Dallas. You're from Dallas, okay. And I was in uh, Fredericksburg, uh -huh. uh, which is an area, if you don't know Texas at all, it's kind of like, a, I don't know, a bed and breakfast sort of It's a cool little community. German town. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's awesome. They have this one store there that you walk in and it's just wall-to-wall -wall jars of stuff that looks like jellies and salsas and dips and, and then it's just everywhere are like wheat thins and you just go in and just dip all sorts of stuff Wait. and you eat it and Wait. then you and then you leave. Wait, it's what? the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, what, who wouldn't love that? Right, so this is like Zestfest, except, it, you know, yeah. a little bit maybe higher quality than it's wheat a, thins. It's pretty south. We'll have to go down there when we're in San Antonio or something. Yeah. I'll take you, we'll eat. They actually have mm. one of the world's greatest burgers. It was on the mm. Texas Monthly cover, so. Again, samples, Great sample burgers. places usually close their doors when Jeff, you should know this. Uh, this is important. So so, so today you actually have some really cool stuff that you've made for us, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, is, are these super spicy? Is that what we're getting ourselves yeah, into? Not necessarily. So. I, you know, I'm the Texas girl. That's mm -hmm. how, you know, I kind of uh, came out on Food Network Star. And so that's where I'm taking it. Um, I'm a fifth generation Texan. Ah. So I made you my spinach and mushroom enchiladas. Nice, nice. And then these over here are something. So now I live down in Galveston and we have a dish called shrimp kisses. Okay. And everybody does it different. So this is my take. It's really like a shrimp and brochet, which is like cheese and jalapeno wrapped in bacon, the little <laughs> shrimp. And then I did a pineapple coulis and a little chipotle crema. Wow. This Tasty. is awesome. It looks fantastic. Very excited. So, yeah, like just fantastic. dig in. And then what's the detail? What are the details of this one? Because these are spinach and mushroom yeah, enchiladas. You know, Very okay. impressive. I feel like enchiladas just get me. They're my favorite yes. food. <laughs> I have any, the same relationship with them. Yes. For any sort of, if I'm happy, if I'm sad. So, you got to have like a lot of different um, types. And this is a spinach and mushroom. It's got like kind of a sour cream sauce, cotija mm -hmm. cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yum yum. Oh man. Here, let me serve you one of these too. Oh. Usually we like taste test fast food in these segments. This is way better. Oh no, not when I'm here, baby. <laughs> here, take two shrimps. Yum yums. I hope they're not cold. I know they're not super hot, but they're still really mm. good. Oh my god, these are oh really good. Yeah. Really good. They're so good. Now we have a lot of space in these studios. We could open you up a little apartment over here. You can I'd just kind of hang out and just, you know, whenever you want to come by, just leave awesome plates like this around. I'd love to. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely love we to. We need to make that happen. Oh my god. These are tremendous. We need to make that happen. Uh, and as oh my gosh. Shrimp Sweet, wrapped in spicy, bacon. Spicy, smoky, mm. golf oh, yeah. shrimp. Oh my god, these are good. We've got so many things going on in Texas food, so I have mm -hmm. so much to work with. Now, you don't mind like hosting the next 20 minutes or so while we eat, do you? Well, it's good. <laughs> so let's talk about food tonight. Oh my gosh. Um, I actually got a call last night. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm oh, going to okay. stop you for just a second. <laughs> You like it? What'd you call these? They're kiss shrimp in brochet, but in Galveston they're called shrimp kisses. And shrimp everywhere kisses. you what go, what do you call? I don't care what people in Galveston. Shrimp kisses. Call? Okay, thank you. Shrimp kisses. Everybody has a different, you know, variation. The really fancy places have fancy ones, and the pubs have like barbecue and mm. stuff on them. So oh, that's man. my version. You Your like version it? is fantastic. That's thank awesome. You. Awesome. I'm really going to go back to eating them so you can yeah. talk about your little thing. Right? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and the recipe is on my website, sarahpenrod.com. sarahpenrod.com. So try it. That's the can. best place to go. Because mm -hmm. you have a pretty cool path here. Obviously, you know how to cook stuff, and you did that sort of just on your own as you, uh, you know, you've kind of gone through, through your life and you're just really mm -hmm. talented at this. However, then you go on Food Network Star. Mm -hmm. Now you've got this this big website going on. Tell, what do you do there? Tell us, tell us about it. Whee! 
Um, well, I mean, my website is kind of the place where you can find all of my recipes. I do a web series called Let's Eat Houston. Nice. I'm working on two different pilots right now, which are top secret. Ah, I'm so excited to mm -hmm. be doing, you know, uh, what I love. Mm -hmm. And so you can find all that on the website. Um, that's yeah, awesome. It's and it's so what, essential. Tell us about this. this these are bath, these are bath yeah, salts? Yeah, okay. So, Very cool. So Grady Spears is a great Texas chef. He's kind of mm. like our... Uh, Emerald or yeah. something, and sure. he took me under his wing, and so we hung out in Austin, and he's going to be at Zest Fest with me. He actually challenged me to a throwdown. Nice. So we'll be doing a throwdown uh, <laughs> this weekend, this next coming weekend at Zest Fest, and mm -hmm. everybody will judge. But yeah, he said, you need a product, and you know, you need to get something out there. And I'm like, well, the world doesn't really need another barbecue sauce or hot sauce, you know, anything. And sure. so I have been making my own bath products mm -hmm. for a really long time once I kind of looked at what are in regular bath products. It's not very good for you. Skin so, care is so uh, important. It is. Well, it, it just absorbs right through your skin. It doesn't go through your liver. It doesn't mm -hmm. take any toxins out. Mm -hmm. So these are 100% um, certified dead sea bath salts. Wow. I nice. call them mommy salts. They have all sorts of botanicals and yep. amazing essential oils. Get them on mommysalts.com or they will be at Zest Fest this weekend. Nice. You got and still waters here. Mm -hmm. I like these names. Yeah. Amazing Grace. Very and nice. Yeah. The Dead Sea Salt is really good for your healing. It's river. phenomenal. It, it is, is attached to so many like wonderful things. Stu, I know, I know <laughs> I've been in the Dead Sea what? and the salt for my skin and stuff. I know you haven't. Mm -hmm. I know because it was. Oh, yeah, that's because I didn't go on that trip to Israel because I was I, th I thought I was gonna get what? blown up. Yeah. yeah oh know. man, I would oh, love I to go to kid. Israel. Will you invite me next time you go? Yes, you can go. You, you can take Israel. my seat on the plane. Is I will. that cool? <laughs> well, and we then, can eat. And then on I will. The plane. Yes. See, and then I will yes, look chivalrous can. instead of uh, like a wuss. Yeah. Which would be nice <laughs> for me. It would change would quite a bit. So this is really cool, and um, and so. Uh, Zest Fest is coming up this uh, next weekend, not this weekend, right? Not week this weekend, right. It's mm -hmm. next weekend, so we got a couple more days to prepare for me to prepare for my throwdown with Grady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, I'll have, I'll have some time to prepare, and then next weekend it's going to be all food, all Very weekend, cool. stuff nice. like this. And we also noticed, by the way, uh, Sarah... Uh, we inexplicably have talked her into apparently rocking the the Big Frog 1099 oh, T-shirt. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I might rock it this weekend at Zestfest. That's very yes. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get that by the way at glenbeck.com, but sarahpenrod.com is the w place to go uh, for. Uh, for all of uh, the web series and the baths, uh, well, Mommy Salts, I guess, is at uh, mommysalts.com. Mommysalts.com. And if you it. want information on ZestFest, you go to ZestFest.net. I think there's, um, like, a coupon to get a buck off your ticket. Oh, very cool. You can see all the people who are going to be there. Um, they have, like, a lineup of all sorts. I mean, people are coming in from all over the country to sell their sauces, and they're really, like, lively. Like, there's this one guy that dress-ups in a red unitard, mm -hmm. and he does his crazy thing. <laughs> so it's, like, it's just a fun place to be. No, Jeffy, when you dress up in your red unitard, you get arrested. People, Will I mean, you come and dress fair. up in your red unitard this weekend? It's not fair. We'll have a throwdown with you and the other dude. It'll be great. <laughs> Actually, Jeffy would be great at one of these things. Yeah. Uh, because Jeffy... I love these events. Come and sell mommy salts for me. Yes. I love you these events. You need this. It's, it's going to really help you relax and disengage. Yeah. I love these things. Oh, wow. This is, uh, as usual, with anything that involves Jeffy, it just turns <laughs> ugly at some point towards the end. Uh, Sarah Penrod, thanks so much. SarahPenrod.com. SarahPenrod.com. Check it out. Zest Fest uh, here in Irving, Texas. Uh, we're going to now take a commercial so I can eat the rest of this. I so know. I got to go. Let's eat. Can I take the commercial? Come on, I want to eat this one. This is amazing. Oh, wow.
you know, a lot of uh, people watch the show and they say, oh, when will the show end? And that's how I feel right now because I want to eat that, the rest of that food. <laughs> Normally we just eat it on the air, but I feel like, you know, now it's just like we're so official here. It's not the same. Yeah. No, I want to, I want to like dive same. into it. I don't want to, you know, like usually that's we're like. Stuff. That's really good. That's good stuff. That's really good. You know, a, uh, a cookie from Oreo, while good isn't the same as what she made. No. no. That needs to happen more often. Uh, yes. So, uh, last segment today, we usually try to bring up something, one of those weird stories, and this one, I think, uh, qualifies. Washington Post is, is now has a new, uh, telling the story of a new, I guess, I guess you'd call it a service. Um, with uh, those of you with uh, large, I've got problems with you people, Festivus lists, there's a new method of revenge ShipYourEnemiesGlitter.com. Now, this particular, as you see the website, we send glitter to the people you hate. <laughs> it's about the most perfect passive-aggressive way to get back at those who have wronged you. Here's how it works. You pay money to the site, ShipYourEnemiesGlitter.com, and they will send glitter to people that you hate. Uh, now, why would you not want to get, I mean, like, I don't think I would like glitter, but it's the point that it spills all over the floor and it's impossible to clean up. Oh, it gets all over you. Yeah, I mean, it's... Haven't you seen the the attacks of uh, the glitter bombs? Yeah, yeah. Where like That's... if you're if you're not um, if you don't like support gay marriage or something, right, right, right. you are hit with a glitter bomb. And, when and, you're and, while, speech. and while it doesn't you know it doesn't hurt you, it just gets everywhere and it takes forever to get rid of it. You're shaping glitter out of your jacket for ten years. Is that really it? Is that what the, is that the the point? Is that it's just going to be hard to clean up? I guess unless they're putting something unless they're glitter bombing you with glitter that's wrapped in butter. Hmm. Yes, it's I don't know odd. I'm thinking of butter, but I keep looking over there at that food that's just sitting. There. <laughs> it was just pretty much. Just really want some. Yeah, that's fine. The shrimp. I don't even need for silverware. Kind of so silver. the glitter thing or whatever is uh, going on. Boy, that glitter thing would stink to have that happen to you. Yeah, really bad. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's off. So that's what we're... If she's going to serve this at Glitterfest? 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 Oh, Zestfest. That's another thing you Glitter... went to. That is something else I went to mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Never mind. Zestfest, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, Glitterfest is something else. So you go... You... Uh, the glitter will be mixed in with the note, which they will send, so you can tell the person how much or why they're getting this horrible gift. And uh, then that will uh, result in, as they call it, maximum spillage. Oh, nice. Um, the site launched Monday morning, crashed within hours. Uh, 800 orders. Uh, well, I don't you know. 800 orders probably shouldn't crash your website. Probably don't have a website no. that's a. No, it's probably. Just zoomed in on the food. This is how this show. It's funny because, uh, you know, Sarah was on Food Network, and uh, we actually are the only network, I think, out there that eats more on the air than the Food Network. <laughs> and we're not. We're not a Food Network at all. We don't even. It's not about cooking, but we just we eat We actually all the time. should be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How do we get that job? Um, I, I'm kind Look of amazed. Like uh, what's that? Look like her. Yeah, yeah I suppose that's probably true. Uh, so uh, Pat is uh, going to be back with us, uh, I guess, Monday. He's got this uh, speech, and you should, uh, you should check it out if you're in Utah or going to be in Utah. He's at the Utah Eagle Forum uh, this weekend, talking about uh, Common Core, talking about um, uh, you know, parenting issues, um, uh, school it's issues. Pretty big event. We don't we don't talk about this that often, um, though. That Pat actually runs his own school. He actually, is, you know, we talk about these things all the time. Of like, you know, we need to improve education. You know what you know what I do about it most of the time? Nothing. <laughs> 
So okay. you're right. I whine about it here, and then I go home and do nothing. Uh, Pat actually took the step of opening oh, no. his own school, which is really cool, and, and, and he's been doing a great job with that. And no, it, you, know, no, you say it's really cool, but all it does is just make us look bad, really. It makes us, makes us feel like we need to actually do more. That is the result. Yeah. So he should not have done that. I like how you look at things exclusively through a selfish prism. There's never a point where you think someone else could do something good. You just immediately think of how it affects you. You're really consistent in that way. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> so he will be there. Uh, and I guess uh, Jason Chaffetz will be there. Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee from Utah will be there. Uh, it's really a cool uh, It is going to be a big event. And uh, he was, I, heard, uh, I heard him cut uh, uh, a robocall. I know that they want, uh, they, want, they want a lot of people there. And so show up. Yeah. Be there. Very if cool. you can get in, just sneak in. Nobody will stop you. Also, Jeffy will be making an appearance uh, under a bridge somewhere in uh, Irving, uh, Texas, uh, where he will be near his home, which is a cardboard box. <laughs> next week, Zestfest. And then next, are you going to go to Zestfest? There's something called, um, it reminded I mean, yes. me, I have not been to ZestFest, and I think I need to go. Um, but they, they have something called Taste of the NFL, which is this really yeah. cool um, thing they do at the Super Bowl every year, which is there's a, like, a, uh, like a top chef from every city that has an NFL franchise. Nice. And they bring in like, someone from one of the top restaurants of the city, and they all come to one giant room. And you walk in, and then you go, because you, once you pay for the ticket, you're in. You can eat anything. And you go to all their stations, and usually they're there with like some former player or something uh, who's like who helps out, and they, they just sho you just shovel food into your mouth for like three hours. It's the greatest, and I guess it supports a charity or something. Uh, throughout, I don't yeah, even through, know. throughout my life, I've been to several events like that, mm -hmm. Stu. <laughs> Have you? Yes, yes, and uh, they're some of my favorite events in life. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they are. This is like an event built for Jeffy. Uh, he pays money, uh, which he doesn't have, of course, but he steals it from somebody. No, but you know how you get to the, into these events? It's a little helpful here for me. Which, which camera am I on? Yeah, the one, the, the one. Okay, this is how you get into these events. They always need judges. They want judges. All you have to do is be a judge. You walk around, you eat everything. Yep, that was good. Check. You're in. Well, not everyone has built up the resume of knowing food like you you know, not everyone has this to, has to come in and say, look, am I going to be a good judge about your food product? <laughs> I mean, look at me. Not everyone has done the hard work necessary to uh, convince people. What I'm saying is, uh, no, you're, um... You think that's it? It's not... Uh, overweight. I think there was more to my resume than that. <laughs> no, you're, you're an expert on this. All right, uh, back with more. NFC-AFC championship game, uh, by the way, this weekend. Eh, I would like to see the Colts and Packers in there, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either, but that actually would be a great team. Yeah. All right, see you Monday. Back with more. All right.